you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, we're continuing last week's message. Uh, last week, I only got through point one. So, uh, but that's where the Lord wanted to stop last week. So uh, today, we're going to get through the rest of it. So uh, in order to do that, we're going to start over. And I, I got to tell you that beginning illustration once again. Uh, because that fits throughout the whole sermon. So, uh, on June 6, 1944, one of the largest amphibious military assault missions in history began when over 150,000 American, British, and Canadian troops stormed the beaches of Normandy, facing German resistance. Over 4,000 Allied forces perished that day. Thousands more were either wounded or, or went missing in action. But through this organized mission, Western Europe was liberated from Hitler's Nazi regime. And the tide of the war completely shifted. The mission, codenamed, Operation Overlord was successfully mobilized and its goals accomplished because General Eisenhower understood key factors to effective mission mobility. Even as a church, effective, ministry, effective mission mobility is important. It is important for us in order for us to accomplish God's given mission to us. We have to be effective. We have to uh, effectively mobilize for the mission that God has given us. And so our sixth core value and final core value that we've been looking at is mission mobility. We value mission mobility. We believe Christ commissioned his church to make disciples of all nations and are committed to making disciples in our local community our region, and around the world through personal evangelism and the mobilization of missionaries. We, as, for, as a church, First Bastrop, we believe and value, we believe Christ commissioned his church to make disciples of all nations, and we are committed to making disciples in our local community, in Bastrop and Morehouse Parish, in our region, the state of Louisiana, and around the world through personal evangelism and the mobilization of missionaries. So as we, we look here in Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 11, we are here observing five keys, or excuse me, five key factors for effective mission mobility. Five key factors for effective mission mobility. And as we think about that, we think about mobilizing for our mission. There's a few things that we need to know and understand. First, we need to know what's at stake, and that's what we covered last week. What's at stake? Eternity is at stake. Second, we need to know uh, if we have the ability to accomplish the mission. Do we have what it takes? Do we have the, the equipment that we need to accomplish the mission? Third, we need to know if we have the authority to accomplish the mission. Fourth, we need to know the scope of the mission 
And finally, we need to know when to attack, when to carry out the mission. And so I hope that we become supercharged as we understand these key factors of mission mobilization. So last week, we began our, our, our series here, our, 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 this sermon here, this message, by looking at what's at stake. What's at stake? Uh, for us, what's at stake is eternity. Eternity is at stake. It's at stake for our friends and our neighbors, our family members who don't know Jesus. If they don't come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, when they die, they're going to die and they're going to go to hell. Or they will suffer the penalty of their disobedience to God for all of eternity. So eternity is at stake. We need to know that and understand that. That alone should, should energize us and motivate us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ with all of those around us. So we need to know what's at stake. Eternity is at stake. Second, we need to ask this question, are we able? Are we equipped to do the mission that God has given us to do? Now, if you're going into battle, like on D-Day, when General Eisenhower sent those troops out, before he sent them out, he had to ask that question, do I have the firepower? Do I have the firepower? Do I have the ability, what it takes, all the equipment that is needed to accomplish this mission? Do I have the manpower to accomplish this mission? And we need to ask that question. Do we have the firepower? Do we have what it takes to accomplish the mission that God has given us to accomplish? And we see in our text. Let's look there. I'm going to start at the top so we remember where we are. Acts chapter 1, verse 6. So when... They had come together. They asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons for the, that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But, listen to this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will receive power. Note that word, power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that word power, the, the Greek word means this. It means potential for functioning in some way. Power, might, strength, force, or capability. So the Lord is telling us, he is telling his disciples, and, and just, just, just in case you weren't here, let me give you the context real quick. Uh, the context here is that Jesus has he's been... He's lived, he went to the cross, he suffered and he died, and then he was raised again. And in Acts chapter 1, he, is, he has been raised and he has spent 40 days with his disciples. 40 days teaching them and, and preparing them for this point. And now as he is getting ready to depart, he is equipping them. He is giving them their commission to go do the mission that he is giving them to do. And so as he is telling them this, as he is, is, is telling them the mission that he has for them to accomplish, he says, you will receive power 
You will receive the capability to, to function and, and accomplish the mission that I have I've prepared you to do. You will receive power. What a wonderful thing that we have as, as Christians. We stand in a unique place in all of history. Think about it. The Holy Spirit was present. He was present in the Old Testament. He was working and functioning, but he wasn't indwelling God's people. He had influence on them, right? He was doing all of that, but, but he wasn't indwelling. Now that Christ has been risen from the dead, now he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us. We have God within us empowering us for the mission at hand. He gives us all that we need to accomplish what He has called us to do as a church body. Each and every one of you, we've been studying on, on Sunday nights the spiritual gifts. Each and every Christian has been given a gift by God's Holy Spirit to use for the accomplishment of God's mission. For instance, for me, it's preaching, right? That's why I stand up here week after week. Now, here's the amazing thing, and y'all would be absolutely amazed at me preaching week after week after week if you knew me as a child. I mean, you would. Because I was that kid who, who hid behind his mama's pants leg. I mean, I didn't get out and talk. Never would I talk. I mean, I, that was just painful to me. I can remember one time in church having to get up as a kid, and I was in, in Galileans. It was uh, the, the BMA's equivalent of the Southern Baptist ambassadors, right? Some of y'all remember the ambassadors. But I was in Galileans, and, and you know, it's kind of a discipleship for boys. And so uh, it, I was kind of building up, getting a little, long, little further along in the, the program there. And it came to that point in time where I had to go Speak in front of the church. I mean, I think it was like a, a, a little short scripture I had to quote in front of the whole church. I, oh, oh, man, I can't do it. I can't do it. Are you kidding me? i got to open my mouth in front of a, a crowd of people? I can't even open my mouth in front of five people. And you want me to speak in front of the whole church? And so, man, I practiced and practiced and practiced. And, man, I got up there. Oh, God so loved the world that gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him will not perish and have everlasting life. Amen. Right? I mean, I got through it, but it was laborious for me. It was hard because that was just not me. I did not, I was so shy. I was painfully shy. I could not do it. But you know, when the Lord got ready to move me into the ministry, he began to work in me. And his spirit began to build in me the ability more and more to stand in front of a crowd, to speak in front of a crowd, until today, man, that, I'm, I'm most comfortable in front of a crowd. I'm more comfortable in front of a crowd than I am in a group of five people, right? Even one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, because that's what God has gifted me to do. He has gifted me to preach. He has given me that gift. And he has given each and every one of you a gift may not be preaching. It may not be evangelism. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's helps. Maybe it's service. 
Maybe it's exhortation and encouragement. Whatever it is, He has equipped you to come into the church and to use your gift so that the church may accomplish the mission that God has given for us. You have the power. You have the capability to accomplish the mission God gave the church. We are equipped. We are equipped to do the mission. So we are equipped. We know what's at stake. Eternity's at stake. We know that we're able because the Holy Spirit equips us for the mission. Third, we need to know uh, we need to know if we have the authority. The authority to carry out the mission. Now this is important. You, you may not, what do you mean? What are you talking about here? But this is an important aspect of, of our call and our commission. Do we have the authority to carry out the mission that God has given us to carry out? Now think about it. If a group of Americans, even soldiers, got up and they decided, let's go attack a foreign country. Right? I don't know. Let's just say France. We're, we're at peace with France, but we're just using an example right here. Say a group of Americans said, oh, we're going to go conquer France. And, and so they go off and they attack France. Now, they don't have the authority of American government behind them. They don't have the commission of the state. They're just going to attack. Now, what do you think is going to happen to them? Uh, they're going to get, if they don't get killed, they're going to get arrested. And they're going to get thrown in a, a French prison. And they're going to stay there because the President of the United States is going to say, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, they're just crazy eyes out on their own. They're terrorists, right? They, had not, they did not have the commission to do what they did. Well, it's the same thing for us. We're here in this world. Do we have the authority to carry out the mission that God has given us? Yes, we have the authority. Look what he says there. Uh, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. Now, this is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and what is he saying? He's saying, I am commissioning you. You will be my witnesses. You are going under my authority. Matthew chapter 28 says it a little bit better, a little bit different, and, and it kind of brings this point out a little bit better. Jesus there, Matthew 28 verse 18 says, All authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that I have taught you go all authority has been given to me therefore I'm sending you I'm commissioning you to make disciples so the king of kings the lord of lords who has all authority over all of creation has commissioned his church given his church authority to go preach the gospel to the nations we have the authority now, what does that mean for us? 
What does that mean for us? That means, now, we live in a state now where we have the freedom and the liberty to go out and proclaim the message of the cross. There are nations in the world who do not have that, that privilege. What if we were in a nation that we, we did not have that privilege, where it was against the law to, to evangelize and preach Christ? What if one day, and hey, the way this nation is going, we may end up there very soon. What happens when, when they outlaw evangelism in America, when they say, no, you can no longer talk about Jesus to anyone? We have a higher authority, friends. We have a higher authority than the state. We have the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the ruler of a whole universe who says, I am commissioning you, go. We have the authority. Man, I love this in Acts, or excuse me, yeah, a little further over in Acts, Acts chapter 4. Peter and John, they're, go, they're going to the temple day in and day out, and they're teaching in the name of Jesus. Healing people and teaching in the name of, of Jesus. And authorities, they don't like it. I mean, this is the man they had crucified. And now here his disciples are. They're coming in, and they're starting to teach in the name of Jesus. They don't like it. And so they arrest Peter and John, and they bring them into their little court there. And they tell them, we are commanding you, do not preach in the name of Jesus. No more. Preach no more in the name of Jesus. Be quiet. Shut up. Don't do it. And I love what they say here. Acts chapter 4, verse 19 and 20. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. In other words, you, you, your authorities here, you decide if it's right or wrong for us to, to speak the name of Jesus, to obey either you or to obey God. You make that judgment. And if you want to condemn us and put us to death, that's fine. But we have been commissioned by God to speak, and we're not going to stop. You're not going to shut us up. We are going to preach the name of Jesus wherever we go because His authority is greater than your authority. You can take our lives, but we will fear He who can take not only our lives, but our, whole, our soul. We have a great authority, the highest authority, who has commissioned us and given us the authority to preach in His name, His message. We have the authority. We are commissioned by Christ. We are commissioned by Christ to preach the gospel, to teach the gospel, to witness about Jesus Christ. We know that eternity is at stake. We know that we are equipped by the Holy Spirit for mission success. We are commissioned for the, from the highest authority, Jesus Christ himself. Fourth, we must know the scope of the mission. What and where. We've got to know the what and the where. The, the focus, the scope of the mission. For Operation Overlord on D-Day, the scope of the mission was, was pretty simple. We're going to attack the 50 miles of beach there in Normandy, and we're going to charge forth, and we're going to take over. We're going to run out the, the Germans. 
We're going to take control there. For the church, what does verse 8 say? And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now let's look at the scope. What the what? What is the, the scope? What, what are we doing? We've, we've talked about the mission. I've just kind of said the mission, the mission, the mission, but what are we doing? What's the mission? It's to, to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. Starting by just telling people what Christ has done for us. How He has changed us. How He has made us new. And then we're to tell them about Jesus. Teach them about what Christ has done. He lived and died for us, for our sin and rebellion. We are condemned before God because of our transgressions against God, our, our disobedience to God. And Christ came and died for our sin. And he was raised again. And he promises new life and eternal life for all who trust in him. We're to proclaim the name of Jesus throughout. We're to be his witnesses. We're to make disciples. Calling other people into the family of God to follow after Jesus. That's the what. Now, the where. Where are we to do it? Our text here says we're to do it, and, and he tells the disciples to do it in Jerusalem. Start in Jerusalem. That's where they were at the time. They were to start in Jerusalem, the place that Jesus himself was crucified. Then they were to go to, to Judea and Samaria, the region around Jerusalem. And then they were to extend it all the way to the ends of the earth. And so that is our commission today as well. As we look at where we are to, to preach the gospel, to, to share our faith with others, we are to, to make disciples here in our local community. Here in our local community, here in Bastrop and in Morehouse Parish. We're to look to our friends, our neighbors, our loved ones who we know they don't have a relationship with Jesus and we're to share the gospel with them. We're to share the gospel to, with them. We're to, to reach out beyond to Judea and Samaria. That's our region. Oh, we can think about Louisiana and even Arkansas and Mississippi. We're kind of right here in the corner of those three states, right? So, so that's our, our region. And then we go all the way to the ends of the earth. That's everywhere. That's everywhere. That's why we go to Boston. That's why now we're, we're looking and praying and, and planning about taking a, a, an international mission trip to, to Wales in 2020. Right? We are to go to the ends of the earth. That means for you, Christian, that if you're physically able to travel, you need to get a passport. Every Christian ought to have a passport. Never travel before. I don't care you should have a passport because you never know when God might call you to take a trip somewhere in this world to share the gospel with the lost. Everyone here who is physically able to travel ought to have a passport. We're to, we are commissioned to take the gospel here to our local community and we're to take it all the way around the world. Now, when we think about that, that's pretty heavy, isn't it? Oh, wow. 
can I save the community? How can I witness to the whole community? Well, maybe this old proverb might help us out. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, right? Yes, we have a, a massive task before us, but how do we accomplish it? One bite at a time. That's why our emphasis is not win your whole community. Our emphasis is this card right here. It's in your bulletin. Find your one. Find your one. Take one bite. Take one bite at lostness around you. Find one person that God is putting in your life, setting upon your heart. Maybe it's a lost person who doesn't know Jesus. They need to know the gospel. Or, or maybe it's someone who's just fallen out of church, man. They're just not coming to church anymore. They're not living a life that they, they should be living. Whoever it is, you take that and you write their name on that card. And you begin praying for them. You begin to pray for them that God would work in them and turn them. You begin to pray for opportunities to just invest in them and begin to build that relationship with them. It's a process. Build that relationship with them so that you can share the gospel with them or at least invite them to church, right? Right? So find your one, that one person that God has put on your heart to invest in and, and to, to see the light of Christ come to life in them. Find your one. Not your whole neighborhood, just one. Find your one. And when you find that one, go find another one. When that one begins to, to turn their life to Christ and give their lives to Christ, then you go find the next one. And then the next one. And then the next one. But you start with just one. Just one at a time. We are commissioned by Christ to be His witnesses. To tell people about Jesus. One person at a time. We know eternity is at stake. We are equipped and commissioned for the mission. We know the scope of the mission. Now, when is the time to attack? You know, D-Day was first scheduled for June 5th. June 5th, 1944, but due to inclement weather, they had to put it off to June 6th. Can you imagine what it was like to have to, to, to make that change over 150,000 troops? There had to be some good communication involved, didn't there? But they had to know, all 150,000 people had to know when to attack, when to make their attack. We need to know when to attack, when to go out and do this mission. Pick up there with me in verse 9. This is great. And when he had said these things, when Jesus had said these things to his disciples, as they were looking on, he was lifted up. And a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, look here, what's that? That was a picture. They were gazing into heaven. And that word for gaze, it, it kind of indicates they were, it was a long gaze. I mean, uh, you can imagine, right? They just saw Jesus lifted up. And so they're gazing into the heavens. 
And behold, two men stood by them in white robes, and they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go. Now let me put this in layman's terms for you. They say, quit looking around. Quit looking up. Quit gazing at the stars. Go. Go as he has commanded you to go. He's coming back. Time is short. Get out there. Get to work. Take the gospel to the nations. Quit stargazing and get to work. And that's what he's telling us today. We spend far too much time standing around, looking around. Oh, when are we going to do it? When are we going to do this? When are we? Go! Get to work. Time is short. Christ could come back tomorrow. And your neighbor never hear about Jesus. The time to act is now. The time to act is now. We've got to get busy about the work that God has called us to do. This is serious business. This is the most serious business that we are, we, we are engaged in. Eternity is at stake here, people. People are going to die and go to hell, many of them without ever even hearing the gospel, without even a chance to respond to the gospel. Let's get busy. Let's take the good news of Jesus Christ to the lost, the suffering, the hurting. Let's tell them the good news about Jesus so they may know the same hope and joy and have the same life that we have in Him. We value mission mobility. It is who we are, and it's what we must absolutely be. Church, Christ has commissioned us to make disciples of all nations. We are commissioned, we are com and we are committed to accomplishing this very mission here in our local community in our region and around the world. We're going to do it one soul at a time. But we are committed, and we must be committed. We will accomplish this by personal evangelism. Find your one. Find your one. Don't let that word evangelism scare you. Just find your one to invest in. God will lead you in that whole process. Just find one. Invest in them so that they may know the light and the life of Jesus Christ. Find your one. Second, we, we do this by mobilizing missionaries, by sending out missionaries. Life groups. Life groups is one of the, the core places where we as a church, we, we go out. We had life groups this past week going out, doing ministry in our community, all for the sake of sharing Christ with others. Our life groups, that's where you get involved in, in missions. So, so get involved in life group. Be involved in life groups. Get busy doing the work. Every Christian must have a passport. If you're able to travel, get a passport so that you can go when God calls you to go. And we support missionaries. We support missionaries. Key way that we support missionaries is by giving to the LOFJ, the Love Offering for Jesus. 
Uh, a few, couple of weeks ago, we, we had those commitment cards. And man, if we, if we get all of the commitment that was made, if everybody gives as they committed to, man, we're going to blow our goal out of the roof. But I want to encourage you to, to keep that. You set that goal, now keep that goal in mind. And if God blesses you beyond that, give more. So that we can send out missionaries as we give to the Lottie Moon mission offering. As we're coming up on Annie Armstrong and, and we're going to give to Georgia Burnett. We give to all of these missions organizations so they can send out missionaries to the nations. We get involved in global missions through giving. So let's, let's send out some more missionaries. Let's send missionaries out to the world. But those nations who don't have a gospel witness can get one. And they may know Jesus. Eternity's at stake, friends. Let's get busy and do the work that Christ has called us to do. Now some, maybe you're, you came today, and all of this is kind of strange to you. You don't know Jesus. You don't know the, the hope. You're one of those people. Your eternity is at stake. You don't know the hope of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that today that Jesus came. God's only son. He came. He lived for you. A life of perfect obedience for you. And he went to Calvary's cross and he died the death of a condemned man, a guilty man, in your place. Bearing your sin so that you might be reconciled to God. You might be forgiven of your disobedience to God. And he was raised again, assuring your eternal life in him. And all he asks is you would trust in him. Trust him. Give your life to him. Who else, could, who, who else is more trustworthy with your life than the man and God who died for you? Trust Jesus. Give your life to him. And he will save you. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the message of hope that you have given us in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we thank you for the mission that you have entrusted to us. Lord, let us be faithful. Let us go out. Let us accomplish the task you have given us to accomplish. Lord, if there's any today that do not know you, pierce their hearts. Let them see Jesus. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Stand with us if you will.